Half the words from the cross are small acts of love from the extremity of suffering, and the other half of the words from the cross are small acts of faith. Into thy hands I commit my spirit, it is finished. And our Jesus can help us in our dying, and we can help those who are dying in some tiny, tiny way to live faith working through love, even right up to the extremity. Facing Death on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, we thought it appropriate to honor Dr. David Pallison. We're all so grateful for the ministry and life of Dr. Pallison. In fact, this past week, I had the opportunity to uh, join in fellowship with his memorial service. And I know it's difficult to think about the passing of a loved one, but I have to be honest with you, that time together with people who were honoring the life of Dr. Pallison to be with Nan and his family uh, was edifying. It was an experience like not many other here on earth. To be able to honor the faithful life of a brother in the Lord Jesus, it was a time of weeping. It was a time of rejoicing in the work of the Lord Jesus through the life of Dr. Pallison. And I want to encourage you over the next several weeks to remember to pray for David's wife, Nan. Pray for his family. Um, He leaves a gaping hole as a loved one and as a father and a husband. And so I would ask you to just continue to pray for them, lift them up, pray for the members of CCEF to lose your leader um, would be difficult. And now pray that the Lord would give them wisdom in finding a way forward. And I know he will. So will you be faithful to pray for them? Today, what we want to do on the podcast is to continue to honor Dr. Pallison uh, from his life and his work. What we've done is we've reached back into our archives to present to you a portion of a talk that David did for uh, then NANC and ACBC uh, historically. And the title of it was Facing Death, which I thought was quite appropriate. If you've been following the illness that Dr. Pallison was, was living through, he posted several updates, which were really good updates in how he was processing as a finite human being his own mortality. I found reading them was very encouraging but very sobering, very difficult often at times to read the reality, uh, to even think about my own mortality. Um, But I was encouraged by Dr. Pallison in persevering in faith, trusting in the goodness of the Lord, despite what reality was. And uh, I hope you've been encouraged even in that process as well. It was interesting at the memorial service to see so many who were blessed by his life, who were blessed by his ministry. I even encountered two people. Interesting story is I was flying to the memorial service and to think about the impact um, that Dr. Pallison had. Uh, In the aisle next to me on the airplane, I see a red book, and on the the spine of the book, I see Dr. Pallison's name. Uh, There was a young lady reading Good and Angry, and I thought, wow, what an amazing story that uh, this man through his life and publications will impact people for generations to come. And then we met a man at the memorial service uh, who had never met Dr. Pallison. And one, bro- one of the brothers that I was with asked him, uh, did he know Dr. Pallison? And he said, no, I, I read one of his books and it impacted me so much. 
uh, that I just wanted to be here to, to honor him. And so I think about that life. I think about that legacy. And we want to share with you just a portion of a talk from David Pallison on facing death. So I hope you enjoy the time listening to uh, the wisdom that God provided through Dr. Pallison. Facing death yourself. Point one is the obvious. Reckon with your dying now. This is something our culture does not do well. We live in a culture that, uh, I've heard it said that, you know, moderns sneer at the Victorians because they were supposedly so prudish about sexuality. But Victorians would look at moderns and just say, these people are unbelievably prudish about death because the Victorians faced death and uh, they looked it right in the eye. And uh, we moderns live in a culture of denial. And one of the ways that we become equipped to live well, die well, minister well, is by facing death, facing your own death right now. And I want to throw, I want to throw four things on the table there. First is simply facing the simple fact, the simple fact that you are going to die. It's worth, it is worth, it is a fact worth personalizing, right? Saying with some time to think, I will die. And then starting to walk out, hammer out what that means. The Bible is relentless on this. In fact, you could even say that uh, um, that this is one of the ground themes of the entirety of Scripture, as I alluded to earlier. The uh, Bible uses many vivid metaphors. It, uh, uh, it talks about grass in the desert, things that just pop up because it happened to rain that day, and then they wither. It even uses one, one psalm talks about rooftop grass. We've pro- probably most of us have seen that. You know, it's stuff in your gutters or maybe even on your shingles, and something starts to sprout, has absolutely no ability for it to keep growing. And, and the Bible says that's what our lives are. We're rooftop grass. You know? We're a morning mist. We've all seen that here and gone. It, uh, those sorts of metaphors. It, uh, in fact, we could say, and this is something that it, it, it's so interesting in terms of the lens this gives you on the world in which we live. There is only one certainty in all of human life, the one and only certain thing is that every person will die, right? Everything else is up for grabs, right? Your health, your relationships, your money, your, you name it, your job, everything else is uncertain. And the one certain thing is that you will die. So facing facts, simple fact. First, second comment in this though, is that the way that, that God would have us think about this issue is that it, within this simple fact is a far deeper drama, a deeper drama. It, uh, Psalm 90 is perhaps the most uh, crystalline place where this comes to the fore. Psalm 90 is a refle- it's the oldest psalm. It's the one psalm by Moses. And it is a reflection on the fact that God, you turn man back into dust. It is a reflection on our dying. And... It, what is interesting in this, and, uh, and, and something that I don't think I've ever heard a sermon on this, uh, but it's something that should become part of the furniture of every Christian's life, is that there is a sense, you know, we, we rightly proclaim that in Christ we have been delivered from death, from the power of sin to kill us. But what Psalm 90 underlies that is, that is, that is still so, we live our lives in what we might call under the conditions of wrath because we die. So what kills you, wrath, the the wrath of God, the judgment of God on a fallen earth, we still live within the conditions 
of wrath. And Psalm 90 is a, is a, is a psalm reckoning with the fact that human beings live, and, and this is unto the day when death is no more, you know? So that's unto Revelation 20, only in Revelation 21 and 22 does this reality finally become sight, not faith for us. We live under the conditions of wrath. We live in the context of death. And it's interesting that, you know, as Moses goes on, he, you know, we have been consumed by your anger. By your wrath, we've been dismayed. You have placed our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. All our days have declined in your fury, and we have finished our years like a sigh. And he goes on to talk about the fact that, you know, during life, it's but labor and sorrow, and soon it is gone, and we fly away. And then this wonderful exhortation, so teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. You know, what, it, what is being said there is this, you must stop and reckon with your dying and reckon with this, this most cosmic level reality of what in fact is being played out there. Every one of us is experiencing the fundamental darkness of a world gone wrong. We who live by faith, you know, but it is not by sight. And so we die also. We experience death and uh, not ultimately, not and so forth. It, uh, third comment in uh, this, uh, oh, one more subset of that, se- okay, that, that second, uh, that deeper drama. One of the things this means that is, is so contrary to the world we live in is that death is not a friend. Death is a destroyer, right? Death is something that it is, uh, the Bible calls death the last enemy. It is the final loss. Whatever other losses happen in a person's life, death is the final loss. You know, you, life is tough, and then you die. It's that, that sense. Um, because the wages of sin is death. The evil one is a killer, and uh, the whole earth lies in the power of the evil one in that existential sense that, uh, that we live in. Third comment here. There is in Christ an, this, this inexpressible gift and the inexpressible gift relates directly to death. Now, we are right in the way we preach and sing and pray to reckon that the more primary problem is sin. And the inexpressible gift deals with our sins, and it does. But sin is the cause of death, ultimately. And the inexpressible gift is, and the Bible's re- relentless on this, is life. We will receive life. And so in Colossians, think about this, in this reckoning with your own death, the way Colossians 3 would put it, you have died and your life is hid with Christ in God. You know, it's, it's forcing you to, it's making us reckon, not just with the mere fact of physical death, but this more ultimate profound fact that we have died. That, you know, John Owen had a, had, a, had a wondrously profound book, The Death of Death and the Death of Christ, and the Death of Death and the Life of Christ, because we are in the life of Christ as those who have known him. There's this inexpressible gift of life. First Peter 1 talks about this inheritance that's imperishable. It can't be corrupted. It can't be defiled. It can't end. It can't fade. It's, and that, in, in, that inexpressible gift is this it is an eternal and indestructible life that is in Christ. And that is the theme throughout the Bible. One more, you know, Ephesians uh, 2. You were dead and you were made alive 
in Christ. It, uh, inexpressible gift. And then the fourth thing I want to say here in the reckoning with death, death is that, you know, you would... Well, let me come at this with a question first. I, I, I have a friend who likes to ask people, when you die, like, who are you most looking forward to seeing? And he's made the comment, he's asked that question of hundreds of Christians. And he said that only one or two have ever said, I'm looking forward to seeing Jesus Christ. People usually say, I'm looking forward to seeing my best friend, my grandmother, my husband, my And yes, and that, that's part of our hope. But when you think about this inexpressible gift, the, the one that we most look forward to seeing should be, you know, what that Psalm uh, 17, when I awake, I see your face. You know, it's the one that we will see is Christ. And that's the, my fourth comment here. I'll call it an unexplainable longing. That there is a longing, actually, to see the one whom we love, to see his face, to be with him. And thus you see this holy recklessness in the life of Paul captured, for example, it comes out in, say, Philippians 1 or 2 Corinthians 5. I long to be with him. It is better to be with him. You know, I, I'll stick around. It's better for you. It's, I, I'm glad to stick around because I'm here to serve. But it is better to be with him and to see him because he is life. He is the one in whom I have, have hope. Uh, this is what's going on in that First Thessalonians 4. We do not grieve as those who have no hope. Because we have hope, we will see the face of the one man who lives. And we will live. And seeing him, we will live. And seeing him, we will become like him. And the whole battle is over. It's a, that hope that, in, that, that in, leads to this unexplainable longing to be with the Lord. Um, that's our foundation. What can you help them do? I mean, after all, they're dying. Perhaps they're quite limited. Um, and, I, and the question I'd put is this way, you know. It's, it's, you're thinking about the person. How can you now live all the way to the finish line? How can you live? You're looking for things that a, a person can actually live out. And uh, um, there are certainly to, 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 for, to be able to pray honestly in the light of God's promises, to be able to join in worship. I had a, I had a friend from our church, uh, I'm, he died uh, while I was down here in Texas, and my wife went to the funeral on Saturday, and she said that... Um, one of the things that had that got spoken of many times at this man's funeral is about a 50-year-old man, single man, had lived fruitfully for Christ, uh, died of cancer, and and people said that when they visited him, he would take his oxygen mask off, and and say and ask how he could pray for people, pray for them, say could we sing this hymn, lead in the singing, you know, and and put his oxygen mask back on because he needed to be able to breathe. It, uh, you can care for people. Simple care for people can happen. For people to, a dying person can care for the nurse and not be a grouch. You can say thank you. And saying thank you, rather than being grouchy and indifferent, is actually obedience to our God. You can pursue with the dying simple reconciliations with God, with others. Asking forgiveness, naming what's wrong, getting straight with God, getting straight with others. You can you can uh, have people, the, the, the best dyings I've been part of are people like that man I just mentioned who would actually ask of others, how are you doing with what I'm going through? What's it like for, you know, let's say the, you know, the wife is dying to be able to say to the husband, how are you doing, dear, with my dying? How can I pray for you? 
you know, it's, it's so wonderful because obviously the dying person, the suffering person gets attention. But when that person also has a heart that dying people can do that, why do we know that? Jesus did that. Jesus will, will enable us to do in some small way things he did. I mean, here he's being tortured to death. He's looking out, you know, the interests of the thief, the interest of his mother, you know, behold your son, behold your mother. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Half the, half the words from the cross are small acts of love from the extremity of suffering. And the other half of the words from the cross are small acts of faith. Into thy hands I commit my spirit. It is finished. And our Jesus can help us in our dying, and we can help those who are dying in some tiny, tiny way to live faith working through love even right up to the extremity. Let me pray for us. Um, Our Father, these things we've looked at are so rich, we have barely scratched the surface. It is so good, your ways of the children of men. And we know and want it to be so that we know that if we learn how to die well, we in fact will live well. We won't be morbid. It's the opposite, in fact. We're the one, we're the, we'll be the one kind of person who doesn't have to be on the run or then get depressed when you get caught up short. That we can be people who love well, who in the end die well and live all the way to the finish line. Would you make it so? Would you make us so aware that the promises of God in Christ are for just such a thing as this most grievous of the part of the human predicament? And would we be men and women that live gratefully and fruitfully because we have learned to reckon with our mortality right now? And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. I want to mention several things. When we heard of the passing of Dr. Pallison, we tried to compile several of his talks that he had given over the years uh, for the ministry of, of NANC and ACBC. And so I want to encourage you to visit our website and you can have access to those talks for free to enjoy what many of us have enjoyed for years, uh, the wisdom that the Lord gave through Dr. Pallison. I also had the opportunity to write a tribute, and it was one of many, but just to, to reflect on uh, Dr. Pallison's life and his impact, particularly on me, and then to even reflect on his ministry uh, to ACBC, I think was helpful. So we want to make that available to you. I want to encourage you to go to our website uh, to look at those resources. One is a blog post, and then the other would be audio that you can uh, enjoy from Dr. Pallison. So if you want more information about those resources and the many other resources that we offer, you can visit us at biblicalcounseling.com.